Hello and welcome to Rollbound. My name is Chas and I am the DM for this wonderful group. We're going to go down the list and everyone introduce themselves. Starting off with Groove. Introduce yourself. Hello. I am Groove and I am bound to the role of Chrono Harris Mobius. Alrighty, and Allie. Hello, I am Allie. I am bound to the role of Charybdis Mobius. Alrighty, Minnow. Hello, my name is Minnow. I am bound to the role of Lady Reverie. Awesome, awesome. Mickey. Hi, I'm Mickey, and I'm bound to the role of Maria. And last but never least, Joey. My name is Joey, and I am bound to the role of Winfrey McNeil. <laughs> yeah, you literally are there to witness the sip. Thank you. And then him, like, tell Winfrey to, like, call him if you need anything. And then as he's leaving, he, like, almost bumps into Charybdis, but stops just before he goes, Oh, hi! He, like, bows real quick and goes, Uh, everything's fine. I gave her water. I don't know what happened. Thank you very much. <laughs> he, like, speed walks to go back to the room with that Serena's in. Uh, will say, Benji. Yes? Um, does he turn to face her? Yeah. She's just going to just look him in the eye and just say, How are things? You okay? Oh, uh, yeah, I, uh, I got a, I got a, I got a message from home a few days ago. Good news, I hope. Yes, definitely. Uh, it was just uh, a letter from the king checking up on me. I see. Well, don't work yourself too hard, okay? Uh, hey. Uh, can I ask you, like, a very personal favor, Charybdis? I know you don't owe me anything, but between you and me? Of course, my friend. What is it? You were just in Viron, right? Yeah. Uh... I know you don't know much about my past, but you know I was involved in an incident about 40 years ago. I found out that one of the people that I knew from back then uh, stays in Aelincar now, and I was wondering if, uh, if you happen to go into a tavern called the Silver Earring, could you give the owners this note? And he hands you this very tiny sort of... It's like, he's. it's obvious he's kept it in his pocket for a while, so it's kind of wrinkled. Um, it just says on the back, it just says K on the back, as if that's who it's addressed to. Benji would see Charybdis pull out a notebook real quick, um, and literally make a note of this. Um, take the note, put it in her uh, bag, and say, I will deliver it personally at my earliest opportunity. You, like, see his ears perk up and he smiles and he, like, kind of, like, you see, like, a tear form at the corner of his eye, but he quickly wipes it away. Uh, and he goes, thank you. I, I honestly thought everyone from that incident had, uh, was gone. And so it was very good news. So I, uh, wrote that letter real quick and hoped that you would indulge me. Thank of you, Charybdis. Thank you for the service you perform around the estate. I know my brother can be kind of a hard ass as uh, certain individuals would say, but I'm appreciative. Uh, um, also, when the lot of you are settled and get a chance, he like kind of leans forward and whispers, we should discuss your friend's uh, affliction. Of course. I had planned to 
make that a point of order after I explain the situation to everyone. Um, speaking of, 20 minutes. Yes, uh, well, the reason it's very important is, and he, like, holds out his arm, like, kind of like, he, like, holds his wrist to, like, steady it so he can hold out his arm to show you his palm, and it looks like the whole palm on his right hand has been severely burned. Uh, but not like that he's treated it. And he, like, puts it away and goes, That's why we need to discuss it. Uh, but please, when you have a moment, after all this, of your- Wait, where did this come from? What happened? Uh, it would be a lot easier explaining when I can explain it to the lot of you. I see. How urgent do you feel this is? Should I postpone the meeting I had arranged? No, not at all. Please, it's nothing that serious. It's bizarre, to say the least, but other than that, just very important that I discuss it with you before the lot of you continue on your journey. Because he, like, looks towards the bar and then, like, to the library as to kind of infer you brought a bunch of strangers in here. I feel like your home visit is not going to be very long. She nods and um, gives a respectful uh, smile and says, Very well. I trust your expertise. Thank you, my lady. And he, uh, disappears into the room after a quick bow. Um, and Charybdis is going to go in the parlor where presumably Winfrey and Maria are, uh, still. Yeah, you still find Maria on the floor by a bucket and... When she starts, when she starts vomiting, uh, Winfrey just points down at her and goes, HA! <laughs> <laughs> um, Maria's probably, like, hugging the bucket at this point, but ever since Benji mentioned, uh, where he was from, she has just been drunk mumbling, like, um just like the story that she had um in the back of her brain but like occasionally the word like yuki or like princess like shows up occasionally but she's just been drunk mumbling ever since um benji brought it up maria well, i say this with all of the respect in the world but what are you babbling about uh i um there was this fox um she was very pretty and, um, this other fox. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and then she's just, like, staring up at the ceiling, trying to, like, remember what she was talking about. Um, from the far off lands, um, many foxes. <laughs> Fire. I see. Sounds like quite the interesting tale. Perhaps you can recite it to me when you're of more sound mind. Winfrey, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling like a million bucks, mate. <laughs> I see. That's good to hear. Um, if the two of you can manage it, could you perhaps uh, follow me to, um, the uh, main uh, meeting room, as it were. Uh, I could manage your whole damn estate, lass. I'm sure you could. Uh, Alright, let's go. <laughs> with me, please. Uh, Maria. Maria. <laughs> um, she's gonna, like, hold her hands up and, like, give, like, the, like, um, gimme hands. Like, she needs help standing up. 
Yeah, um, Charybdis will just uh, grab a hold of Maria's hand and then just hoist her to her feet. It's really fucking cute. <laughs> yeah, uh, Maria would like wrap her arms around uh, Charybdis and just like just like use her as like help to like walk. Uh, Malkuth sees this and like walks over and takes Charybdis's place in helping Maria up, and then like looks at uh, Charybdis expectantly. To the throne room, Malkuth. Malkuth and, uh, nods. She starts heading that way. Yeah, um, Lady Reverie. You were, like, wandering this library for this duration, and, like, you're wandering and looking at stuff, putting it down, looking at stuff, putting it down. You see owls again, and that's pretty cool. And then at some point, you just, like, walk out a specific set of shelves, and, like, Krona Harris is just sitting at a desk, and you're like, oh, yeah, Krona Harris is here. Well, I think what also keeps happening is that she <clears throat> remembers that she's supposed to be doing something, so she tries to leave. And then all of a sudden she's in the kitchen. And like, Chrono Heroes can see this if he chooses to look every time that she walks. Because she goes back and forth like four or five times. <laughs> She'll stop in the kitchen and be like, wait, why am I in a kitchen? <laughs> but she won't say. She just like stands there and processes for like two or three seconds. Um, then she'll like walk around there and you'll hear some pots and pans banging around for whatever reason. And then she comes walking back out. And this time she's got some flour on her. Um, and she walks back out into the library with a determined look on her face that immediately melts away and she's like, wait, why am I in a library? And like sits there and processes for a few seconds and that re that process repeats a couple times before she eventually does look over and sees Krona Harris as well. <laughs> like, like fucking Lady Reverie has been having this fucking paradoxical issue of thinking that she's left the room that she was originally in because there's a kitchen in it that doesn't go there. Right, it's just this moment of like, this is not correct, but I can't figure out how. And after a couple seconds, she her brain's just like, that's enough, and she just moves on. Yeah, Colonel uh, Harris, make me a perception check real quick. Okay. It's, it's not hard to see me. No, but... Fucking <laughs> loud as shit. Uh, that is going to be a total of seven. Yeah, so like... This has been going on in the- it's kind of like one of those things where you realize that it's been going on, but you're so intent on, like, doing whatever study that you started that you've been able to ignore it. At some point you even hear Lady River go, Oh, hi, Krona Harris, you don't hear it. She's like three feet away from you, you don't hear it. <laughs> this is actually just... the third time that she said hi, Krona Harris, and then forgot and went into the kitchen. <laughs> Disaster. <laughs> yeah, like... It's like a fire is actively burning and you're busy reading a book. This is fine. <laughs> this is fine. Yeah, this is fine. I'm fine with what's happening right now. Yeah. Um, point, Chrono Harris looks up and looks over at the uh, flower covered uh, <laughs> reverie and looks back at the horror. That befalls him. And he'll rub the bridge of his nose and say, uh, Do you need something, Mervery? Uh, she spins around and at this point sees you again. It's like, Oh, hi, Chrono Harris. Uh, and you see that she is holding two plates 
One of the plates has two sandwiches on it. The other one has one sandwich on it. Um, <laughs> that she apparently made. And for some reason, also, you don't know how the flour came into it, but neither does she, so it's okay. Um, and she comes over and, like, sets the plate with the two sandwiches in front of you and then puts the third sandwich on top of the other two sandwiches. Um, and sits down next to you and is like... I feel like I had something to ask you, but I've completely forgotten what it was. So how are you? <laughs> Disregarding the question, Corona uh, Harris blinks nearly in disbelief. Says, "Yes, I have some questions I need to ask you as well." Oh, okay. That didn't answer my question at all, but sure, let's go. <laughs> Clearly, there is something you're not telling us. You were. Far too comfortable killing others and handling corpses. Mm -hmm. And you acted as if it's not the first time someone has died in your arms. It's not. What happened it's not. to you? Oh, um, I don't know. I guess it depends what you mean by what. And happened. And you. Probably two yeah. as well. Clearly, you have some sort of uh, retrograde amnesia as well. So what do you remember? Uh, oh! Lady Reverie. Oh, Lady Reverie, as this like question sort of, like, for some reason seeps it into your brain, you just see flashes. Like, almost like war flashbacks of just mm -hmm. violence. Like, yeah. as almost as if this question triggers a bunch of memories, as, like, flashing images in your head. You see the moment that you lost your horn, and, like, you see, you, like, a visage as if it was being recorded of you holding your head in utter pain. You see the moment you lost your arm. You see the moment you lost your leg. And you see the moment you lost your eye. And you see all these images flash before you really quick. And you see the visage of, like, you know, friendly faces based on the sort of view of this memory. You see friendly faces dying in your arms that you held allegedly with really great positive regard. And then you see flashes of people that you felt nothing towards, allegedly. Mm -hmm. And all of this flashes in your mind of that sort of like, in essence, answers the question for you or what happened to yeah. Runner. Correct. So this is the first time that I have seen the visions of what happened. Um, do I get the impression that it all happened in like a short range of time? Like the impression that uh, that she had gotten before was that like this was like 30 seconds of her just getting like obliterated yeah um, did i get that impression now or is it different than what i had been led to believe uh very quick make me um make me just a wisdom check yeah we'll do oh unfortunate um straight wisdom that is a Reverie, you can tell just by, like, the kind of visible age of, mm -hmm. like, 
your visions of that not all of these happened at once, but there are oh, some things where you literally have no connotation that you can almost assume that some of the images happened all in like the same few seconds. Like you almost, right. there's some where, you know, maybe it's an unrealistic conclusion, but it almost feels like they happened as fast as you saw them in your head. Yeah, no, definitely. Cause I mean, like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll role play through this. Um, she will at this point, as these images come to her, she um, kind of like winces a little bit um, and looks away for just a moment and will say out loud, not whispering, um, love, it's okay. If you don't want to think about this, you don't have to right now. If you want to show me, you can, but it's, it's okay. You're safe now. Do I get any kind of emotional or memory response? When, when you say you're safe now, you get this visage of a hand mirror um, mm -hmm. that's shaped, uh, it's just a, it looks like a regular vanity mirror that almost looks like it has water in it, and you see it snapping closed, and as if snapping it closed made blood spill out of it. And that's all you see. Hmm. You have no idea what that means. Yeah, it's unusual as well. Um, typically, we're pretty close in that regard, but in this sense, it feels like there's almost this like disconnect. Um, and she just kind of like um, shakes her head again, almost having forgotten that Chronohirus is there watching her. Um, and will just say again, this time, uh, runner, love, really, it's okay. Um, whatever happened is gone now. You don't have to worry about that anymore, okay? I'll keep you safe. Yeah. Is there anything that comes back? Uh, you know that thing I said to you in session one where you get the, that, that feeling you got when you drank the tea? Yep. Like envisioning a pretty crisp day in North Wraith. It's almost like I just listened to the episode today. <laughs> That's the, uh, that same, almost a, almost identical vision is what you see as a response. Okay. Okay, well that's, that's comforting at least. Um, so at this point, she will stop, she will breathe in and out. Um, four seconds in, hold for four seconds, out for six seconds. Um, she will do that three times, and then open her eye again, and then uh, look over as if remembering that Chronoheros is there for the first time. Oh, hi Chronoheros. I feel like I had something to ask you. How are you? <laughs> Who is Runner? Oh, um, that is my best friend, and... Not quite me, but kind of me. <laughs> it's it's hard to say. Well, it's actually very easy to say. Uh, this is Runner's body. Uh, I am currently the one that is more or less, shall we say, moving with it. Um, and then she is also in here as well. And she's my best friend. Wow. I hope that clears that up. Chrono Harris uses 200 IQ to try to make sense out of any of what uh, Referee just said. Yeah, you know what? Make me 
make me your choice of a medicine or arcana check. I know that's really weird, but like... That's you'll... gonna be an arcana check every day of the week for him. Yeah. Hey, arcana check, natural 20 for a total of 26. So, Chrono Harris, you're, you deciphering Reverie's way of speaking is Reverie basically told you that Reverie herself is a separate entity to the body that she is in, and that the identity of Runner is the body, not Reverie. Okay. Would he know anything about this phenomenon, based on that check? Um, you've heard of, like, things like possession, but this doesn't seem to be it because the body is not being harmed. There's no otherworldly presence when you get a sense of Reverie herself, because it hasn't felt weird to be around her, because up until this point, Reverie just seemed like a ditzy, very forgetful woman who was suspiciously good in combat. That it almost seemed like a facade, but now you're getting the idea that this ph phenomena might be unique to Lady Reverie herself. I just see. based on what she's told you. You've never heard of anything similar. Other than that isn't, like, something that- where the evidence doesn't line up. Like, this obviously isn't a ghostly possession. Reverie isn't an undead spirit taking over someone else's body. Um, you've never seen- it doesn't seem to be any sort of, like, um, instance of, like, one taking over the other where the other is trying to break free, because there's never been no ins- there's never been a true instance of, like, someone else talking over Reverie out loud, so it doesn't seem like two people fighting over one instance. It de definitely does seem like just what it is. Just Reverie it's is here, unprecedented. so it's, Yeah. Alright. She is eating a sandwich like nothing is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> she has pushed the plate a little bit closer to you because she notices you're not eating the sandwiches that she prepared. <laughs> Hmm. And uh, how did you come to possess Runner's body? Uh, she says through a mouthful, so it's not possession. How did you um, come to share Runner's body? Uh, takes a big swallow and says, um, right, I forgot. Um, people don't really know about me. That's a thing. Um, well, Runner died, sort of. And I was there, sort of. Um, it's hard to explain, partially because when I'm like this, I can't really remember things. But when I'm not like this, I can't forget things. So that would be much more convenient, but also we wouldn't be having this conversation unless you were dying in a ditch by yourself of some horrible disease. So probably for the best that it's this way, right? Takes another bite. <laughs> I see. And uh, he he seems uh, to have a mix of like mild fear and uh, mild interest. Do you um, want to make an insight check, Colonel Harris? I would love to. Insight. It's gonna be a big six. Yeah. Uh. You know. You don't believe Reverie because you think she's telling the truth. It's just you do not think someone could make up something that fantastical with what you, like, based on Reverie's personality. Yeah, okay. 
So, um, you know, based that... on... Oh, go ahead. ...what he's been observing thus far, does Reverie seem to have any sort of, like, emotional sensitivities to any of these topics? Uh, well, my next question was going to be, DM, can I also roll an insight to see uh, what Chronoharis' reaction is all this? Yeah, go right ahead. Yeah, uh, I rolled a 16. Oh, my. Yeah, Reverie, you can sort of see uh, in Chronoharis... Excuse me, excuse me, 13, wrong character. Oh, okay. Uh, Reverie, you sort of look at Colonel uh, Harris, and you can tell that, like, Colonel Harris is a very hard individual to read, unless he's showing a very obvious, like, emotion, like, distaste or discomfort. Um, but you can tell right now that he's, his negative is more neutral than, his response is more neutral than negative. It's like... Okay. It's not like he suddenly hates you more, but also he's just fascinated. More. Okay. Um, alright. Uh, noticing his fascination, I will put the sandwich down and give him my full attention now. Um, remembering, right, people don't get this. Um, and then I'll, I'll look to him and say, Okay, I'm not good at explaining this. Why don't you ask me a question and I will answer it. Please keep the question short. It makes it much easier for me. <laughs> yeah, well, once again, thus far, has Gruner Harris sensed any, like, emotional sensitivities towards any of these topics? Uh, what do you mean? Like, recalling anything was reverie, perhaps slightly tense, or oh, had a clear um, change in demeanor? The only time that you saw her demeanor really change was when, like... You, you asked her the question about, like, violence and about people dying in her arms, and she was going to respond, and then all of a sudden just kind of, like, winced a little bit. But it was almost a delayed reaction, and that's when she looked away and started talking to Runner. Um, so it didn't look like that reaction was necessarily towards the subject. It was more towards the whatever was going on in her head. Hmm. What conflict were you and Runner in? Oh, I don't know. Um... Runner is a person? I'm kind of not. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. That makes it worse. Hmm. I didn't know Runner when she was still alive. I don't really know anyone when they're still alive. I know them moments before they're not alive. And I show up and I stay with them until they move on. Um, and this was your first contact with Runner? Yeah. Yeah, this was my first time. I showed up and I found her, and she, like, gestures to the arm and leg like this. Hmm. Before uh, that, she hasn't really told me a whole lot what's going on, and I haven't asked because we didn't need to. Yeah, Reverie, uh, you know, upon seeing this, you re you see from Runner's perspective, you and her uh -huh. first meeting. You oh, see, weird. You see, like, from the perspective of, like, eyes starting to close... Uh, and try, like, the blinks. Literally from the perspective of her blinking, of trying to stay awake, you literally see the moment that you two met from her perspective happen again. That's weird, because Lady Reverie doesn't remember what she looks like. So what does she look like? You don't see much of a visage. You mainly, because, again, like, it's from the blinking perspective. So you feel like, almost for a second, you're like, holy shit, I'm going to see what I look like. But then, like... You know, like, when your, like, eyes are about to close and everything gets blurry? Yeah. That so It's more like I notice, I feel a presence, and less like I see a person. 
Yeah, you see, yeah. like, you almost feel the warmth that Runner must have felt when you were approaching mm. her. And yeah. you see this, like, kind of glow overtake her vision. And then, like, you feel this, like, I guess, closure. Like, you're re-feeling the emotions that Runner was feeling at that moment. This, like, peace kind of uh, come from the separation that she was about to receive. Yeah. Um, so, feeling that, again, she just kind of, like, cuts off mid-sentence and just sort of, like, wraps her arms around herself to give herself a hug in a weird way. Um, and she will also send a mental hug inward, um, to just be, like, you know, comforting her best friend. Um, and to, like, thank her for being honest. I think she actually says that. I think she says out loud, thanks for being honest, Runner. Um... And then realizing that she's neglecting Chronicles again, she looks back and says, Right, sorry, um, uh, what were we talking about? <clears throat> the half-eaten sandwich. Are you gonna eat that? Uh, Chronicles pushes it a bit toward Reverie and says, Yes, as we were saying, you are meant to comfort people near their deaths. Right. How then yeah. did you come to share a body with Runner? Right. Well, it's a thing that I can do. It's not a thing I usually do, but, um, like I said, I, I just kind of show up where people are dying alone and make sure that they are not alone and spend time with them and listen to them and talk with them and time kind of usually slows down a bit. It's weird. I don't know how time works. You should ask Charybdis. Um, but yeah, every now and then, I just feel like it makes sense. Like if I click with a person, I'll ask them if they want to keep dreaming for a little bit. And I'll, you know, tell them what's going to happen. And if they're okay with it, uh, and it's something that they're interested in, it's something that I feel is right. I don't know why. I can't really explain it. I also don't really remember. If it's something that feels right, um... I will spend a little time cohabiting. Uh, we wake up somewhere else. They're kind of in the back of my head. They get to experience things. From what I gather, it's kind of like dreaming for them. But for a little bit of time, I get to do some real world good with their help. And they get to experience some good things. Oftentimes, they didn't get that chance. And... When they are ready, they will let me know, and they will pass on, and I will leave this body. And Runner was one of those people who wanted to stay. Hmm. Am I making any sense? A shocking amount. Nice. May I speak to Runner? No, that's not how this works. Hmm. She's in here. It's not... I don't know. She doesn't see things the same way. Like I said, it's hazy, and it's not like she can just sort of take over again. Because it's, you know... She's cruising along with me, and I'm here to make sure that that is as much fun for her as possible. Hmm. Now, Kronohurst... At some point, opened up a notebook and has been writing down in it without looking. 
More importantly, you said time slows down when you're near them. Explain that. Oh, I don't know if I can. I don't know, it just seems like we always have enough time to talk. Seems like we, I have enough time to listen. I don't know. Maybe Do time does anything else about this phenomenon? Oh, it, um... No. Man, I know usually my memory is a steel trap. Um... I don't know. I just, I've never had a moment where I felt like I didn't have enough time. But <clears throat> I also don't really... Like I said, when I'm, when I'm, you know, like this... It's sort of hard for me to remember little things in between, and I don't really remember anything else about before, so it's like... Uh... Uh, Colonel Harris, uh, going... Still going off of the one, like, Arcana check you made, since I don't... It wouldn't make sense to make you make multiple of the same thing in the same conversation. Um, you get the inference that when Reverie is with somebody else, she does not remember who she was before she started the process of helping that person. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. I do remember my yeah. name. Maybe you can look into this. Um, when I'm not like this, and I'm just, you know, going from person to person to help them you know, pass on. Uh, I go by Lady Remembrance. Okay. I don't know if that's going to be more helpful to you. Probably not, but I don't know. Does that make Koto Harris remember anything? Uh, make me a history check. Somebody please pity laugh. Come on, buddy. <laughs> All right. What's the best um, Sorry, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> it's going to be a 15. So, Chrono Harris, you have never heard the name Lady Remembrance, really. However, you do recall that there is, in the history of your family, an instance where someone left and then came back. And then they acted really weird until almost, it seemed almost suddenly they passed away. Now this is when you were, you weren't even alive yet. This is like a, tell me about my weird grandpa or some shit. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. you remember that your older sister told you a story that there was a member of your family before even she was born that um went on an adventuring thing came back with the injury that should have been fatal like the scar like a healed injury that should have been fatal and they acted really weird for a solid like year and a half before very mysteriously passing away but it was also like a very peaceful passing like they just laid down one day and went well it's my time to go and then left they just died <laughs> and the members of your family have found that very weird and it's, you can't prove that maybe that was the same thing, but, like, that's the closest thing to, like, this phenomenon you've ever heard of. Is that instance that happened, like, maybe 200 years ago. Hmm. Quite a while. Alright. Yeah. And Colonel Harris 
had um, four or five different books in front of him, and now he looks over everything you see now. He closes the notebook, and his expression seems unusually neutral. He says, Oh, revolting. It darkens as he turns towards Reverie. Is that what you are, then? A pity creature? You go to people who have died, and you give them a couple more years of happiness before they go? Uh, noticing this, Reverie just kind of like sits up and says, It's not really how it works, but I feel like you're thinking of something different. Hmm. How does it work, then? I make sure people aren't alone. You make sure people aren't alone. You don't just do that, though, clearly. Uh, referencing the shared body experience. And I say, Runner has the choice at any time. If she would like to leave, I will go too. It is her choice. And I usually say no. Because people misunderstand. And it's not a thing I do very often. Um, she kind of like looks down a bit and she's not, she's got that little bit of a smile, but also the sadness behind her eyes as well and says, it's a lot to be the last one there all the time. And it's nice when it doesn't have to end right away. But so, I usually still say no. You have a choice in the matter, then? As do they. And you do this because you don't want to have to be there all the time when they go. The emotional pressure, you might say. Um, she leans forward at this point, and again is going to do a similar thing to what she did with Charybdis, and just hold her hand out in front of her, not like directly, but like, still, like, you can tell it's proffered, but not expected, um, as she holds her left hand out in front of her. Says, I do it because I think it's right. And because it feels right. Hmm. Because it feels right to you? Yeah. Because it makes you feel better about yourself in some way. Isn't that what doing the right thing is? Were you ever disgusted with yourself, Lady Remembrance? Yes. But not for the reasons that you're thinking of. Hmm. Assuredly not. Uh, Lady Reverie, you kind of uh, get images of uh, a younger, a much younger runner laughing. Like, before any of her injuries were sustained, before any of them were brought up, up onto her. So, a total, like, a younger, maybe teenage runner mm -hmm. uh, laughing, like, smiling. And you almost get the feeling like this image is being presented to you as a sort of runner telling you that she thought it was a good decision. Yeah, I'll, um, 
I'll I'll look look away for a second, like down to the side and smile, and then I'll look back up to Chronoheris and say, "We're all disgusted sometimes." <clears throat> I think I'm just trying to do what I can, and I'm happy that you're here with me, Chronoheris. And you don't have to feel the same way. That's okay. I don't need you to by any means. I hope you learn to trust me eventually. I know you like answers, so here I am, giving answers, and in the meantime, maybe I can teach you that it's okay to be wrong every now and then. I have a lot of experience with it. She smiles. You don't seem to understand this, it's because you don't have any memories, or it's because you aren't human in the first place, but how do you think people feel when they die? Well, maybe you do know. Do you think anyone, or most people even, would turn down the opportunity to live a little longer? Very few of them want to. That's why I usually have to say no, and guide them, and be there with them. And when they accept that, and they feel okay, that's when they move on. Mahara hmm. seems like he's having a difficulty processing this as if really he doesn't even want to. So you play God, tell them they can't go on any longer and comfort them a little bit once they've lost. It's not really you are an abomination remembrance. She just looks over and says, it's not really about playing God in front of yours. About doing the best I can with what I've got. As we all can. <clears throat> oh, yeah, there is like visible anger on his face as he says this. He almost seems like pinched. Uh, as you mentioned, doing the best with what you've got and the, the limits uh, that we have unto us with our power. And you're complacent in that? And accepting your weakness and your failures and continuing on? Yes. I have to. We all do. Trying to hear us. And I'm sorry for whatever it is that happened to you and for whatever it is that's hurting you and will continue to hurt you. And I will be there if you will have me every day at whatever distance I need to be to see if I can help you walk through it. And if I can't, that's okay. Because again, I'm willing to accept that failure. But I hope that you'll hold my hand as we walk together. Hmm. <clears throat> hmm. is trying to process his emotions for a moment. If beings such as you are as weak as the men around us, then I legitimately pity anyone you sat near. And he throws a particular book at your face and he storms out angrily. And you can very much tell just from the inflection of his voice as he was letting his guard down that he was speaking unto his own insecurities as he did so. Mm -hmm. Uh, Reverie will not pursue. <clears throat> she will pick up the book 
what is it? What's the title? Uh, it's a book of fables with mm. a specific, uh, specific story bookmarked. And he had it open and he seemed to have been skimming through it a bit uh, familiarly. And I flip to it and see just what the gist of the story is. Yes, it's a, a fable about a man who... It's a fable about a man who rolled stones. And when the man succeeded, it, stones became hills, and when they failed, they rolled back and became mountains. And the man simply could not move past these mountains, as some would. Uh, so he continued building onto them. And eventually the mountain got so large that the man could not climb it and roll the stone over. Uh, so, naturally, he began climbing with it, the jagged rocks. It was incredibly painful, but soon his hands became calloused, and he felt it no longer. And one day, as the man was climbing, he realized that he had forgotten why he was on the mountain in the first place. And the, the ending seems to be ripped out. Uh, two pages just gone. But it... It ends with the man atop the mountain. And he is suspended. And as he looks up, he sees... Well, rock climbing up into the sky. And as he looks down, the fog is far too concealing. And he realizes that he can either continue climbing, though he doesn't know why, or let go to certain death. And right around there is where it cuts off. Reverie will take her her right hand, the prosthetic hand, um, and will take the metal finger and run it down the seams of these torn out pages. Um, she will then leave the book open on the table in front of her, uh, kneel down, very difficult for her, with her prosthetic leg as it is, um, and place both of her palms, including the prosthetic, on the ground, uh, and then slowly lower her forehead to the floor as well. And she will whisper something in Sylvan, um, and for the audience they would recognize that the phrase is the same thing that she has said first to the drow and then to the 12 bodies left behind. Um, and after sitting there for a moment, she will then stand up, um, blow out the candle, and will finally exit the library. Hmm. And when you exit, Cronaris uh, is standing there and he has cleaned himself up and he is once again stoic. And as he turns to go see what everyone else is doing, he asks, finally, Are you complacent, Lady Reverie, in simply being there? He uh, looks at you again and smiles. And this is around everyone else, right? Uh, no, this is probably in the asking. hallway. Okay. And you said, were, were you complacent just being there? It's quite literally, are you complacent in being there? Um, implying, like, 
do you accept that you cannot save people? Oh, gotcha. Um, when you say that, she will again give you the sad smile, and I think that for the first time since you have met her, um, she reaches up. Her eye seems dry, but she still kind of like rubs at it a little bit as if to prevent tears from coming in the first place. But then she kind of gives that big smile again uh, and says, I'll see what I can. Turning to us. Hey everyone, this is your DM speaking, and thank you so much for watching the 16th episode of Rollbound. Rollbound's episodes will premiere every other Monday on YouTube and Spotify. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at RollboundPC, for more updates, TTRPG content, and most of all, memes. Rollbound's content book, Chess's Guide to Kelmer, is also in the works and set to debut in late 2022 to early 2023. Updates about that also on Twitter. Tune in next week for Charybdis having a meeting to furthermore discuss the dragon attack with their peers. After doing so, the party will set off into the licensed wilderness once again to be one step closer to their meeting with the Crowleys. Hope to see you then.